After nine hours of flight, Jean-Claude finds himself in a small, dusty cafe right outside a private landing strip. He sits at a counter, finishing his hamburger. As he ponders how different beef tastes in the States as opposed to Europe, a waitress approaches him. Jean-Claude is the only patron in the place besides the waitress and the cook. So, where are you headed? Oh, just here and there. I just like being in the air. No worries up there. That's a new one. Doesn't flying get expensive? It can, but there's nothing like having hundreds of feet of weightless air between you and the ground. There's no freedom like it. Almost like a bird. You ever want to be a bird? Free from life? No worries about anything. Just bringing the little worms back to the baby sheiks. Any more at home like you? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so, no. Anything else I can get for you? No, thanks. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, uh, can you grab me one of those uh, sticky bonds for the road? You got it. I'll be right back. Jean-Claude pulls a photo from his pocket. It's his wife and daughter. He glides his finger across the curves of each of their faces, wishing that he can hold them in his arms. I miss you, my little pumpkin. I hope I'll be seeing you again soon. But if Kilroy keeps after me, I might not be able to last much longer. But you give me strength to keep going. Just hang in there, Cher. I know that one day we'll be back together. God willing, we'll be together again. A strange sound causes Jean-Claude to look toward the back room where the waitress went. He stuffs the photo back in his pocket and fingers his concealed crossbow. Time to leave. As he begins to stand, the bell above the entry door jingles, indicating that he is no longer alone. He sits back on his stool and pulls his trench coat over his crossbow, glancing over his shoulder to see who came in. Hey, friend. Have you seen the waitress? I'm kind of in a hurry. Oui. She should be back any moment. The man sits next to Jean-Claude. Hey, can I have some service here? Jean-Claude sees activity in a window adjacent to the back room. He notices the waitress and cook being forcibly led away by three men. Before he can stand, the man sitting next to him has the drop on him. A gun is pointed at his head. In one fluid motion, Jean-Claude spins, bumping the man with a gun while pulling out his hidden crossbow. The gun fires, missing Jean-Claude. With the man off balance, Jean-Claude fires his bolt. It sinks into the man's hand, causing him to drop his gun. Several shots ring out as Jean-Claude gets low, scampering toward the door. A couple of the bullets hit the injured man. He falls to the floor, unmoving. One of the windows breaks from a smoke bomb that was tossed inside. Jean-Claude finds a corner, hunches down for protection, and covers his mouth and nose with his coat. Outside, a Dominion operative barks orders. Evacuate! Evacuate! We'll smoke him out. Guns ready! We were supposed to wait for Kilroy. Don't question my orders, Skyrene. I said guns ready. 
Jean-Claude carefully pulls out a bolt from a casing. It has an explosive tip. He hears men on the other side of the exit. They seem to be waiting for the right moment to storm in. Jean-Claude fires at the door. An amazing plume of fire and smoke disintegrate the door as two bodies go flying. After Jean-Claude brushes off wood fragments from the backlash, a large gaping hole signals his exit. He runs as fast as he can out of the smoke-filled building. More shots ring out as he dives behind a water tank. As he looks around the tank, he watches about five men converging. They position themselves behind the jeep for cover, trying to determine the best course for the attack. Jean-Claude loads his crossbow with another explosive tip bolt. He fires, hitting the gas tank of the vehicle, destroying anything within 20 feet of it. What's going on? You're supposed to wait for Kilroy! Do a perimeter sweep. He's gotta be here somewhere. Bring him to me, dead or alive. East Wing, report. East Wing, report! No time for pre-flight check. Jean-Claude spins up the jet engines, praying beneath his breath. The tip of the plane appears from a rundown maintenance hangar that seemed to be empty and inoperative about 100 yards from the nearest operative. Hiding his jet seemed to have paid off. As he heads toward the runway, operatives fire, but to no avail. Harwin's not gonna like this. I'd be more worried about Kilroy 